Welcome back to one-on-one New York's longest running sports call-in show. I'm Brian Raybeck, joined alongside Danny Scott. And right now we are very lucky to be joined by Nick Carparelli. He's the executive director of Bowl Season, which promotes all the college football bowl games. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. My pleasure to be with you guys. So with bowl season recently in full swing, I just want to ask you, how, how exactly did you get involved with bowl season? And for those unfamiliar, what's the organization really all about? Yeah, so I was hired um, a little over two years ago as the executive director of the Football Bowl Association. That organization had existed for 30 years and was, was uh, you know, nobody knew what the FBA was. It was a, more of an internal trade association like any other group of like businesses coming together. They had an annual meeting and um, they all kind of do the same thing. So they shared stories, et cetera. But when they hired me, they, they wanted something bigger and better for, for bowl season. They, they felt that that was our time of year, uh, that we, we were really kind of the, the halo brand that pulled together all 44 bowl games. And we're, we were essentially uh, the March madness of, of college football. We were just never organized in a formal way. So we created the bowl season brand adopted that name officially, uh, created a logo, and, and we're, we're, we're using that platform to celebrate college football for that three-week period in, in late December, early January, where so many people turn on, on bowl games and watch them. Yeah, going, going along with that kind of idea with how big of a festivity is, how important do you think like bowl season is, and what does it kind of mean to you as the director of bowl season? I honestly feel that bowl season is one of the greatest promotional vehicles for the sport of college football uh, that they, that they've had. And, and they, it's been around for a hundred years. I think sometimes when you, you have something uh, exist for so long, you, you take, uh, take it for granted. But if I were to tell you, you know, if the bowl games didn't exist and I were to say, you know what, I got this great idea uh, at the end of the regular season, every team that's 500 or better gets to play one more game against a team that they wouldn't, uh, typically schedule uh, in a part of the country that they wouldn't typically play and give those communities across the country an opportunity to experience a level of college football that they're not used to seeing in person. Um, what do you think? Um, I think most people would say, wow, what a great idea, but how would you ever execute that? Uh, well, the bowl season has been doing that for, like I said, for, for, for a hundred years now. And um, it, it's really special. It's meaningful. Uh, all you need to do is look at the television ratings. You know, the, the Alamo Bowl and the Music City Bowl had two of the top three viewership of all college football games on ESPN all season long. Um, and, and, that, and those games ended on December 30th. We have a whole batch of games on December 31st and on New Year's Day that we haven't gotten the TV viewership numbers from yet. But uh, having watched some of those games and how exciting they were, I'm, 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 I can't wait to see how many people watch those games. I found it very interesting diving into the mission statement of bowl season, what it looks to accomplish. And one of those things is highlighting the distinctiveness between each bowl game. Can you discuss how this is done and the importance of doing so? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's not something we have to try to do. It's just kind of the way it is, you know, and actually bowl season is kind of pulling all the bowl games together. But at the same time, we never want to take away from their uniqueness. You know, every, every bowl game is different and, and their uniqueness is based on, uh, how long the bowl game has been around, the history and tradition of those games, where it's located, you know, the part of the country, what's unique to that part of the country. Every game does a great job of showcasing their community and the best that it has to offer uh, to, to, the, to, the, to the world. 
uh, during the broadcast for sure. But, you know, during the four or five, six days that the, the, the schools are in town uh, experiencing those communities, they're, they're really uh, unbelievable opportunities for those student athletes to go places they've never been before and to experience things that, you know, create memories for them that last a lifetime. I saw going along with that a little bit too, you were very instrumental in creating the pinstripe bowl at at Yankee stadium. Can you just talk a little bit about that and why that was so important to you to bring a bowl game to New York city? Yeah, I think for, for a number of reasons at the time I was the, uh, um, uh, I worked for the big East conference. I was uh, the deputy commissioner in charge of football and uh, you know, during the years of big East football, we had some very, very successful seasons, some successful programs when it came to bowl season, we were always kind of the visiting team. You know, our schools being located in the Northeast had the furthest distance to travel. It was harder for our fans to get there. Um, When the new Yankee Stadium was built, you know, I had the idea, I approached the Yankees. I said, you know, we should have a bowl game here. You know, even though it's going to be cold, you know, Yankee Stadium's unique. Christmas time in New York City is is unique uh, experience for for people. And it's been, uh, you know, 12 years ago, we started that game and it's become very, very popular. Teams lobby to get into that game. You know, I think at a higher level, though, it's really important to expose the, the college football's postseason to the Northeast. Um, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of people that live in New York, a lot of people that live in New England, in D.C. We have the Military Bowl in D.C. We have the uh, Fenway Bowl that hopes to kick off next year uh, up in Boston. So to have a, a postseason college football presence in the Northeast, I think, is, is really important to the game. We're talking with Nick Carparelli here on one-on-one and it's very, very cool how it, bowl season can seems to touch more than just the players on the field and ex- expands more than just the game itself. So how do you feel bowl season impact reaches outside of the players and the product put on the field? Yeah. So these, these games are community-based events and the communities that host these games are extremely proud uh, to host this football game and to showcase their community each season. And while the average fan might turn the TV on for three hours in December and watch the game, what they don't see is that the year long schedule of activities and events that benefit that community all revolving around the bowl game, whether it's uh, a bowl games uh, sponsor um, various things such as youth, youth football leagues, you know, road races, community um, uplift activities, whether it's refurbishing, uh, a playground or, or rundown sports fields, or some of, some of the philanthropic activities are flat out, you know, donating money and our grants to um, people in need in that community. Uh, teachers is something that bowl season has really gotten behind with our extra yard for teachers program. All 44 bowl games have uh, donated uh, uh, money to teachers to use for their teaching efforts for supplies in, in, in the school. Uh, and uh, really, really great programs that benefit the community outside of just the game. Moving over to a little bit of a a darker side, I guess you could say nowadays, Uh, with the COVID pandemic, bowl season kind of got interrupted a little bit this year, and some teams were pulling out of games. How difficult was that for you to deal with, and uh, how difficult was it to try to find teams to replace the teams that backed out? Yes, that, that was certainly a, a, an unfortunate situation with the five bowl games that, that planned on playing that were not able to play. You know, I think this year was a perfect storm. You had uh, COVID still lingering. You know, I, I, I let's all keep our fingers crossed that that'll be resolved uh, next year. And that obviously was not uh, an issue unique to bowl season. I think we're, we're dealing with that in, in everything we do. 
Um, you know, at the same time, college athletics is seeing, you know, the, the transfer portal open up and, and student athletes having the ability to transfer more freely than before. Uh, and with anything new, I think you're seeing a higher amount of, of student athletes uh, wanting to transfer now at the beginning of that new uh, option than they will in the future. Uh, and then the, th the third thing is, you know, you're always going to have a, a handful of opt-outs, guys who, who are entering the draft that don't want to play. Uh, it's a, it's a very, that's a very small number, but you, you pull, pull together all three of those factors uh, that are rearing their head at one time. That's what made this season challenging. But I, I also think it's something that's uh, an aberration that you're not going to see uh, often in the future. And kind of going off of that, last season must have been an incredible challenge with, you know, limited amounts of bowl games and then, you know, limited fans in attendance. So with this year providing a little bit, a little bit better circumstances, how important do you think it was for college football and college football fans to get a full bowl game schedule or close to a full game, full bowl game schedule once again? Yeah, I think it was extremely important. You, you, you saw that starting Labor Day weekend with the regular season, how anxious people were to get back in the stands to watch live football in, in, in its entirety with all the atmosphere. Television ratings this season were off the charts. And then it got to bowl season and fans wanted to go to a, a, a unique place to watch their team play. And, uh, you know, we saw a lot of great celebrations at the end of these bowl games. You know, I saw you know, you see Coastal Carolina and the way that team reacted after their bowl win. You see UAB upsetting uh, the highest ranked team in BYU that they've ever upset in their in their history. You, you see uh, Kentucky beating uh, uh, um, Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. I was there, you know, the, an SEC team, but just so uh, elated to, to win that bowl game. They've won four in a row now. Uh, stories across the board. Um, so extremely meaningful to everyone involved. I played, I paid very close attention to uh, the whole season this year, and it was one of the most entertaining seasons I've ever watched. There were so many upsets, and there were so many great bowl games that happened over the week, and the Rose Bowl was probably the best game I've ever personally watched. How do you think this season and this bowl season has played into the rich history of college football? Yeah, it plays very favorably into the history. I, I don't know how they rank. I wasn't alive for all the bowl seasons, uh, uh, and I certainly don't remember all the ones I was, but it, it's hard to imagine a better bowl season in terms of the unique matchups, you know, teams that wouldn't normally schedule each other, uh, the, 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 the scoring, the upsets, the celebrations. Uh, you mentioned the Rose Bowl, uh, watching that walk-on quarterback for Utah come in. I was nervous for that kid and to have him throw that touchdown pass. I know they lost the game, but what a cool moment that was. You know, that uh, Purdue-Tennessee Music City Bowl, it was kind of like whoever had the ball last was going to win. And I think that's how it played out. And then that was so much fun. Um, so we, we, there's a lot of examples of that. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it was the most exciting bowl season ever, but uh, it, 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 it quite possibly could have been. I want to quickly shift gears to the fact that you created a podcast called bowl season stories. And this essentially brings on guests within, within college football, and they discuss their own experiences with bowl games. So I want to ask, what went into the creation of that podcast, and how does it enhance the bowl season experience? So one of the things we you know, tried to do in creating the bowl season brand in general was to use it as a platform to tell all the great stories about bowl games. Again, people turn on the game for three hours, and they think, you know, it's easy to think it's just another game, but, you know, these 
former players from, you know, a few years ago to, to, to many, many years ago, all have the same types of stories, you know, going to a unique location with their friends, with their teammates, having a lot of fun playing a bowl game. And, and they have these memories uh, that have lasted them a lifetime and are some of the best memories uh, in their life. And so we simply created the podcast to use that as a platform to, to hear all those great stories, to tell all those great stories. And we've had some amazing guests from Tony Dorsett, Kirk Herbstreet, Coach Dave Wanstatt, uh, Daryl Moose Johnson, Rocket Ismail, Tony Casillas, you know, on and on. Um, guys who just talk about their bowl experiences and, and quite and a lot of them talk about the, the opt-outs these days and how they, they just can't understand that. You know, none of every single guest we've had has said we would do anything to play one more football game. None of them. Uh, could imagine saying, "Boy, I, w- I wish I skipped my last game." There have been a, there's been a lot of talks over the the recent years that there are too many bowl games. Um, as a director of bowl season, do you have anything that you would say to anyone that says there's too many bowl games nowadays? Yeah, I guess I would ask them what it's basing what what you're basing that statement on. You know, no one no one's forcing teams to play in bowl games. No one's forcing communities to host them. No one's uh, uh, forcing three, four, five, six, seven million people to watch watch bowl games. Um, so uh, I, I don't really get the question or, or the statement. Um, you know, we uh, we had a situation this year where there were quite it was it was possible that there was going to be a bowl eligible team left out, and you would have you would have thought we were um, you know telling them they could they they had to end their football program. They they were you know so distraught, and, and we found a way to accommodate. Uh, all the bowl eligible teams this year. So, and then when we had, uh, you know, a couple of games where a team backed out, there was no shortage of teams that were willing to fill in. We had some five and seven teams that said, raise their hands said, we'll play. We had teams that already played early bowl games said, we'll play another. So um, I, I don't see any indication that there are too many bowl games. Uh, I, I, I'm, the, the, the question mystifies me, to be honest with you. Talking with Nick Carparelli here on One on One. And we have one last question before we let you go. And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but by the time this airs, we'll be two days away from the national championship game between Georgia and Alabama on Monday night. So I'm just going to throw it out there. I got to ask, number one, how much are you looking forward to this matchup? And if you got a prediction... (laughs) Could you give it to us? Well, I think the SEC is going to bring home a championship. I'm pretty, pretty confident <laughs> of that. Um, I, you know, I, I look forward to, uh, you know, most college football games. Who, who isn't looking forward to the, the championship game of any sport? You know, this is, this is the Super Bowl. It's game seven of the World Series. It's the college football championship. It's, it's the pinnacle of, of the season of the sport. Uh, I'll be there. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, if I had to pick one, I think it's hard to pick against Alabama until they 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 prove that um, you know they're not worthy of being the national champion. Then I'm, I'm going to have to go with them. Yeah, Georgia and Alabama for the national championship on Monday night, and that will do it here. We just talked with Nick Carparelli, executive director of Bowl Season. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Great job, guys! Thanks for having me.